Nothing happens in Valleygate. It was a long November. We didn't have much in the way of snow or anything as of yet this winter. It was rainy, so rainy, the Titan Valley River did flood over some, and we did have some issues on Main Street with some flooding getting into the roads, but mostly it was the Titan Valley itself, the river down there that flowed among the trees, that it really flooded over. It overtook some of the rocks on the banks and many of the trails that one might travel, especially for things like cross-country skiing that will be coming up soon. They were covered, they were gone, the trails had vanished in the puddles that formed as the river grew higher and higher with rain coming down. This was Thistra herself visiting her judgment upon Valleygate, and if we were a suspicious people, if we lived many thousands of years ago, we'd believe that Thistra had arrived to punish us for some communal wrongdoing, and we'd find the culprit and send them out into the wilderness with nothing but a knife as a occupied as they move forward in December. The festival of Winter's Wild is upon us indeed, and Winter's Wild is a celebration of the natural world. Uh, again, many, many, many years ago, it was a celebration of the magic that lived in the world, that lived in nature naturally, and it, it was a bit of a spiritual celebration as well, just like the Spirit Festival was, but it's focused instead on the spiritual manifestation of nature, how the trees are connected and all life seems to be connected. And we take things from nature, we take trees, we take bushes, we take plants, and we bring them indoors and we display them when we take care of them and we decorate them so they are the center of our home for a period of time and they draw the family together to appreciate what nature has given us as members of its grand design and scheme. Lots of these decorations are usually made by the children at the elementary school, but also in the art classes of the middle and high school there on the northwest end of town. They spend their art class hours making ornaments, stringing them, and getting them ready to put on the tree when they get home. It's a grand tradition that the mayor purchase a significant tree from one of the nearby lumber companies and comes back and sets it up in the main street. Now, of course, the mayor does not do this, but he does send people to do so, and they set it up there on Main Street in the middle of the square, and it's a bright and shining beacon of joy amid the dour, rainy, and gray afternoons. But nonetheless, it is lit, it is given ornaments, and it is appreciated for all that it has given to us this holiday season. Winter's Wild traditions vary greatly between the different cultures of this world, but in Valleygate, in Valleygate things, as always, seem to be a little bit primitive, a little bit occult. We have not lost our roots here in Valleygate, and we don't plan to do so soon, and so the old ritualistic ways of celebrating Winter's Wild still remain in some of the quieter corners of Valleygate, and versions of those that are a little more modern have also found their way into the yearly celebrations. Winter's Wild is celebrated at the end of the month. It is a celebration of nature, as I say, but it is also a celebration that we are through winter almost. We are at least halfway, and the darkest days literally are behind us, and now the sun will begin to creep up sooner and sooner, and Days will grow longer, but it won't feel that way until March or so when green grass has actually started to grow again and 
we see the sun reflecting off of our window panes a little more often. But for the time being, we will celebrate, we will be happy, we will pull those close to us even closer, and we will call those far from us, hoping that maybe this year, maybe this year, a new connection can be made, something can be forged, a bond that maybe will last one more year. This happened with Robert Holly Clover. He works over at the ranger station on the west side of town, but he also substitute teaches at the high school. And during the holiday season, as he's wrapping up his grading for the final exams at the high school, he decided to reach out to his brother. His brother, his brother's name's Brandon, and he wanted to reconnect. He wanted to reach out. Brandon was never necessarily kicked out of the family. There wasn't a big falling out, but he just sort of faded. He moved away. He moved far away, way out east near Lettuce Field, and he hasn't responded much to Robert's attempts to reach out. He always seems to have a one-word response or maybe an emoji to send back, but Robert keeps trying. He keeps trying. He did so on Monday last week. He thought he'd reach out. Brandon works a second shift job, and so Robert thought earlier would be better, so he sent a message somewhere around 10 or 11 a.m. hoping he'd catch Brandon before work, but there wasn't a response until about 10 or 11 p.m. that evening when Robert's slate buzzed on his bedside table and he picked it up and saw Brandon's message. It just said, Happy Winter's Wild, bro. And Robert tried to engage with his brother right that moment. He thought, if I catch him, he may respond immediately. And he tried, he tried, but to no avail. Brandon didn't seem to want to talk, or at least had already drifted off or began focusing on something else. Regardless, Robert continued to try throughout last week. He sent a few messages. Some of them were responded to, and they even had a longer conversation on Thursday afternoon. On the phone, Robert had called Brandon just to just to talk, and they talked about how well the lettuce field lettuce heads have been doing in football. And they spoke about that for some time, and Robert couldn't help but feel that Brandon was using it as a means of preventing anything from getting much deeper. Brandon was clear that he was avoiding, he was evading, he was dodging questions, personal questions here and there. And eventually Robert just said, Well, it was nice talking to you, Brandon. Have a great day. Happy Winter's Wild. And Brandon paused for a moment and he finally said, See ya, bro. And he hung up. Winter's Wild is a time of reconnection, friends, whether that be with nature or with those around you. It is important to maintain those relationships. And speaking of maintaining relationships, Aaron Blackfawn and Percy Marigold are still going strong. They spend most of their afternoons, especially as December has come, in the hovel, just dealing with a couple of small issues that arise here and there with a couple magical creatures or... Maybe some spirits running amok, but not nearly to the scale that they had in October, and they find themselves with a lot more free time. Now, what do college students at the University of Truffles Landing Valley Gate do when they have a little free time? Well, November consisted of a lot of cleanup as they had to go through and take down a lot of the wards. You wouldn't want to be finding those wards 
out in the winter, surely they would be slowly but surely taken down by the weather and the elements and the magical enchantments reduced to very little but a spark of magic. And so Percy and Aaron went out and they cleansed the wards and they took them down and they brought them into storage in the hovel. Aaron has a means of storing them without them taking up too much space, which was a marvel for Percy at first, but over time he's slowly gotten used to the small and everyday magic of Aaron Blackfawn. Also in November, we had a visitor come to town. We had a young woman, she was still a student at the University of Candle City, she said, a student reporter named Aoife Honeysong. She was coming around asking questions of people, asking people about Valleygate itself. She seemed an awful interested tourist, and tourism has long been over, not since July have we seen many tourists around here, but she said she was just passing through, that she was interested in Valleygate as a place, and wondered about its history and how it came to be, and so she went to the local history museum, a small museum headed up by Donna Pinecone there on the northeast side of town, and she went through and asked Donna questions, and Donna, while not necessarily a history buff, does know a lot about Valleygate and was able to answer some of her questions, talking about how Valleygate was originally a mining town, specifically for coal in this area of the Caridian mountain ranges, and was later renamed Valleygate as it sits on the north end of the valley, looking over the Titan Valley itself. But Aoife Honeysong didn't seem satisfied with those answers. She was interested in the weird things, she said, that had been happening in Valleygate recently. And she brought up Rena Ashglade, the mayor's daughter, who doesn't live in Valleygate anymore, but did for some time. She went to high school here, and that fateful day when the horrible tragedy occurred, when it was supposed that Rena had harmed a young man that she knew, one of her classmates, after she had discovered he had been pranking her for some amount of time, pretending to be in love with her. And it was said that it was a crime of passion that she hurt him, but there was very little evidence ever discovered, and many believe it was a backroom conversation that got Rena sent away and eventually had Tobias elected mayor. But Aoife, she tugs at that thread. She goes around asking people, do you know much about Rena Ashglade? What about Tobias Ashglade? She asks the questions, and no one seems to pay her any mind, thankfully. She seems to be snooping in things she ought not to be snooping in, and we do our best to keep our own safe and to make sure we're not telling tales outside of school. But nonetheless, Aoife's still here, and we'll probably have to deal with her for some time as she tries to uncover the secrets of Valleygate, whatever that ends up looking like. I don't know, but until then, I hope that this December season has been good to you, and I hope that this December, especially with Aoife Honeysong around, nothing happens in Valleygate. This episode of Nothing Happens in Valleygate was written, recorded, and edited by Josiah Duff. The music you are hearing now is by Andy Ferris. Thank you, Andy, so much. 
And I appreciate you, listener, for coming to listen to episode eight of Nothing Happens in Valley Gate. I'm excited to get back into releasing episodes regularly, and I'm thankful that you are listening. Go ahead and go to Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to us there. You can also follow us at Visit Valleygate on Instagram or send an email to visitvalleygate at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you on those channels. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season just as Winter's Wild is ramping up in Valleygate, and I wonder what strange things may occur as winter approaches. But for you, I hope it's cozy, enjoyable, and surrounded with love by the people that you love. Bye.